Let every being be in subjection to the governing authorities, for there is no authority established except by God. Have you ever heard that those few verses out of Romans here in Romans 13, where, where Paul speaks and he, he talks about how we meet, need to be subject to the governing authorities. And it's quite interesting because when we look at where Paul was and who his governing authorities were, it were it, they weren't really the nicest people. And oftentimes they were evil. evil. They, they were even against God in many ways. And so what does Paul really mean by these few verses? And how is it applicable to our lives today? Today, me and Christina, we're going to talk about this topic here and as part of our Romans series, just here in Romans 13. Uh, Christina, do you want to say hi to everyone? Hello. <laughs> cool. So um, I'm just going to dig right into this one quick. So in Romans 13, verse 1, we read the following, and this is the, the, the crutch of the matter. He says, let every being be in subjection to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. And the authorities that exist are appointed by God. So he who opposes the authority withstands the institution of God. And those who withstand shall bring judgment on themselves. For those ruling are an object of fear, not to good works, but to evil. Do you wish to be not afraid of the authority? Do the good and you shall have praise from it. Now it's interesting because Paul here, he talks about that we, we are, that those ruling are an object of fear, not to good, but to those doing evil. Now, first off, we need to establish, you know, what is Paul, when he uses the word evil, what does he mean by it? You see, we need to understand that he is framing this in context of scripture. So we know that sin is a transgression of the law, according to 1 John 3 verse 4. So that means that anything evil is defined by the word. Where we see God says this is good, this is evil, and it's defined by the word of God. And so Paul, as a scholar of the Torah, will obviously be using that definition. So my point is is that when Paul talks about this, he's, he's using it in reference. He's saying those who are in authority, when they do institute laws, instructions, and things that are good, and you then you have nothing to fear in relation to this instruction that Paul is giving in terms of subjecting to the governing authorities. But then he also uses this word subjection. He says, let every being be in subjection to the governing authorities. Now, what? What does that really mean? You know, we need to define a few things here first. So subjection, uh, and if it's the same word actually that's used in Ephesians here. In Ephesians 5 verse 22, the verse where, where, where God speaks about how a, uh, a wife ought to submit to her husband. So that same word submit is the word that's used here by Paul. So in the same way, you know, if we can then just ask the question. So when, if, when, if a wife needs to submit to her husband, what is that really? Does that mean that she always needs to obey what he says, even if he's like totally off from the word of God? No. Similarly to how Paul used, used this word evil, where it's in reference to it has to be connected to the word of God. If this husband does evil or if this husband is speaking evil, of course, she does not need to obey it because that would be against the word of God. But if the husband speaks good, 
then that would be good, right? That would, it would that, that sub that that loving submit sub submission would be good in that relationship. And it really that it's interesting because that word is actually huputasa, and it mean in the hippo it means to be under. Okay, well tasso means to arrange in an orderly manner. So really what this word means is to be under in order to arrange in an orderly manner. That means that, so to be under is a, is a, is a thing of structure. It's a, a, it's that, that word submitting. But then the, it's an order that there would be order. It is so that there would be order, for example, in the household with a wife and her husband. And so the same thing is applied to and is what Paul really means when he talks in Romans 13. He, he's speaking about how we are to submit to our governing authorities so that there may be order because God is a God of order. So he's, he's really saying that, hey, you are you have a freedom in Christ. You are you've now come to Christ. You've got this this freedom in him. But don't use this freedom as a means of now saying, now I'm, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free, and using that as a means of rebellion against the governing authority. Because see, he says that God instituted them over you. But how does that make sense? Because what if a governing authority does things that are in opposition to God? In, in 1 Peter 2 verse 13, we actually see Peter says a very similar thing. He says, be subject to every institution of man because of the master, whether to the sovereign as supreme or to governors as to those who are sent by, by him for the punishment of doers of evil. And I praise for those who do good because such is the desire of God that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish men as free yet not using your freedom as a cloak for evil, but as servants of God. So he said, he uses the same terminology as Paul. He says, as those who are sent by him for the punishment of doers of evil. He says that God uses them to punish those who do evil, to bring justice and judgment on those who do evil. And he says, similarly, be subject to every institution of man. And then in Romans 13 verse 4, he continues and he says, for it is a servant of God for you to you for good but if you do evil be afraid for it does not bear the sword in vain for it is a servant of god a revenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil now, i want to submit to you that the the different ways that that the, that god uses these authorities there, there are different ways and one of them is the obvious way you know if we think about our governments today you know it's we have uh, most governments around the world, they, ha they hold to a certain um, constitution that's overall, usually, pretty similar to the, to the law of God, or at least the basics in terms of do not murder, do not steal, etc. I mean, for, for instance, the, the United States' laws are mostly built on the Torah, many of the laws at least. And so God obviously uses that, those, and he says, you need to submit to your governing authorities because those, they've been instituted by me to execute judgment on those who practice evil, those who break my law, because murdering, for example, is part of breaking his law. And so, so similarly, 
paying there's other instructions they would have which is not part of the law of god nature that are there are for example paying taxes there's a law of the land to pay your taxes even though it may not be necessarily specifically laid out in the law of god but god says and this is what paul actually specifically refers to he says for example pay taxes to whom taxes are due and so god says you need to be obedient to that instruction even if you don't fully agree with your government because see paul when he was making and talking about this instruction, he himself had Nero over him. He had Claudius over him as well. And so these emperors, they weren't, they were oftentimes pagans. They were, they were actually far from God. But nonetheless, Paul, even in that way, even in the persecution that he faced from his own government, he went and he said, be subject to your governing authorities. And it's, it, you know, he says in Romans 13, verse 5, Therefore, it is necessary to be subject, not only because of wrath, but also because of the conscience. For because of this, you also pay taxes. For they are servants of God, attending continually to these duties. Render, therefore, to all that is due to them. Tax to him, taxes to you. Toll to him, toll. Fear to him, fear. Respect to him, respect. And this is similar to what Yeshua said. This is what Jesus said. He said, give to Caesar what is Caesar's when they came to him concerning taxes. And so th this is all in, rooted in the act of love. Because if we read the previous chapter, it, it's, it's made so clear. He says in Romans 12 verse 14, Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Repay no evil for evil. Respect what is right in the sight of all men. Instead, if your enemy hungers, feed him. If he thirsts, give him a drink. For in so doing, you shall heap coals of fire on his head. Do not overcome evil. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And so, Paul, this is this is the ultimate demonstration of love. Is if those who persecute you, for example, how Nero persecuted Paul, if those if you treat those who persecute you with love, you pay your taxes, even though you don't totally agree, even though your government may persecute you, even though your government may come after you in that way. You still are subject to your governing authority and you bless those who persecute you, as he said. And so I want to submit that God also uses, there's a bigger picture to this, because God also uses these authorities in a different way of executing judgment. Because we know that, for, for instance, that God went and he scattered Israel. And, he, and we read here in Deuteronomy 4 verse 26, he says, I shall call the heavens and earth to witness against you on that day that you shall that you soon completely perish from the land which you pass over the Jordan to possess. You do not prolong your days in it, but are completely destroyed. And Yahweh shall scatter you among the people and you shall be left few in number among the nations where he drives you. So this, this is a clear example of how God, he, he speaks to Israel. And he says, Israel, you have transgressed. You've broken the law of God. You have been evil. Remember, because Paul said, as a judgment on evil, that is how he's going to use these authorities. God uses these authorities. And so now God here in Deuteronomy talks about how you have been evil. And I am now going to scatter you into the nations as judgment on your evil doing. Now, what if this scattering into the nations is part of God's judgment on an evil generation? You see, I want to submit to you that God often 
will scatter a nation or a people and place them under a governing authority that is not fun to be under, a governing authority that may not appeal to your needs. And that in itself can be judgment. That in itself is part of the judgment of God that he has brought, for example, for instance, on Israel and that scattering into the nations all across the earth. And so we see that this is this is why we need to be we need to subject ourselves to the governing authorities. And that now doesn't mean we just we just obey everything that they say, but we need to be respectful and be like, you know what? God has placed them over me for whatever reason they are over me. And now I will subject. So when they subject myself to them, so when they come to execute judgment, so when they come to, to rule, when they come and bring instruction, that is in alignment with the word of God, as we discussed, because it must align with the values of God, then we will obey and we will pay taxes. We will go and we will go along. Even if we don't agree with everything, we will pay our taxes. We will render to them what is due to them. We will love them who, who, who persecute us, bless them. But then when they come, for instance, and they draw a line and they ask of us, they place an instruction on us that is not in alignment with the word of God. For instance, to go and worship before an emperor that is that and ask if, if an emperor comes and says we are to make him our idol. Of course, no, we will not subject to that. We will not obey that. Just like a wife will not obey her husband if her husband goes against the word of God and, and goes on a path that is in total opposition of what God calls us to, how God calls us to walk. And so there is this balance that we are called to, but nonetheless, we're called to love our governing authorities and pray for them and bless them even if they persecute with us persecute us exactly as pd was saying it really all gets back down to well like loving it loving our authorities and loving our brother and being that witness that representative of god's love and love isn't that you know that westernized mushy version of emotion-led love it's really that it's action-based it's viewed it's seen in our entire life every word we give every action we do it's that love that we talked about in romans 12 we remember we talked about being a living sacrifice and being a living sacrifice a sacrifice is it's no longer yours anymore it's sacrificed so you walk in that love where you've sacrificed your life to the father daily that you can walk in according to his precepts loving your brother and being a witness of his kingdom and so we have in the remainder of romans 13 um, in verse 8, where it reads, Owe no one anything except to love each other, for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. And of course, we know, like Yeshua said, when um, in Mark, he was asked, what are the two greatest commandments? To love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And we have, we understand that these two commandments are the pillars on which the whole Torah is built upon. They don't negate all of Torah. They're simply the thesis statements for Torah, because Torah is all about how we love God, how we love our neighbor. And so like even Petey was mentioning before, when your governing authorities place certain commands, like do not commit murder, they're in alignment with God's Torah, which is of course to love your brother, don't murder him, love him. Um, do not commit adultery, but show that love, that not emotion-led, 
self-love that we have in our westernized culture where oh if i feel this way then i love the person but no action based what is best for that person and of course um, you shall not covet or any other commandment you shall not steal things that our governing authorities will uphold that are from god's tour we are of course to walk in as we show love to our brother and to our neighbor and in effect showing love and to god i want to submit also it's interesting that he the the very instructions that he specifically mentions here here in verse nine is is the very things that just about that's applicable to just about any governing authority even if the most if you will the pagan ones the ones that are far from god they usually, um, I'm sure that, you know, um, at the time when Paul was writing this, you know, when I, I believe it was Claudius that was over him, you know, he even, they even had the laws of do not murder, do not, um, there was even do not commit adultery on a, you know, and so, and do not steal, etc. So all these instructions is interesting that he mentions these and it's like, he's, he's trying to make a point, like Christina said, that these are the ones, hey, look out for these. These are all things and these are a part of loving our neighbor. Don't now go and just because your governing authority abuses uh, or punishes or, or let me say, or persecutes you, um, do not now go and be like, you know what? So I'm going to rebel against them. Now I'm going to murder. Now I'm going to do, even if you're murdering them, you know, you're, you're going against them. Like, like, um, like almost it reminds me of Peter with when they came to get Yeshua to, to capture him. You know, he cut off the ear of the guard of the sword. You know the same thing. Do not uh, do not repay evil for evil, but overcome evil with good. That is part of this this teaching that Paul is speaking about. If you know, even if we don't agree, go and and he, and he actually says in verse in chapter twelve as well that whole thing of turn the other cheek, just like Yeshua. What did ha what happened when the governing authorities came to him? He turned the other cheek. He he said, "Here I am. Take me. Do as you wish with me." You see, and that's what that's what he he he's getting to, and he's he's talking about also how uh, have your conscience clean, be clear before all men, so that when just like Yeshua, when you are brought before a judgment seat, you will be declared right. You will be declared. There's no there's nothing that this man did wrong kind of thing. And so God calls us to walk in a similar manner. Do not repay evil for evil. Exactly. And so even as Paul is writing all of this and loving our neighbor and, and in fact, loving God through that by obeying his Torah and his commands, and these commands that are in alignment to his law as given by our governing authorities, as we just spoke about, he kind of concludes this chapter with getting back to the heart of the matter when he says, let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Yeshua and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. So as Paul is summing up this chapter and he's talking about, like I said, loving God, loving your neighbor, it gets back down to your heart as well. Like he says, for you to wake up from sleep. So for the believer, don't become complacent. Don't become content with where you are in your walk that, you know, it doesn't matter what the future holds or what the day brings. You know, we had the saying, YOLO, you only live once. So I can rebel against my governing authorities. I can do whatever I want because of whatever that's going on. But rather, getting back to the heart, wake up from sleep, wake up from indifference and pursue God with all of your heart, soul, mind and strength, getting back to those two most important commands. It's not a time to be idle or to spend our time frivolously, but rather to keep our eyes focused on God. How can we love him? How can we love our neighbor in every area that we possibly can that is laid before us in whatever situation we find ourselves in, whatever country we find ourselves in? How can we wake up from our sleep? 
Because when we're asleep, I mean, we're not receiving any, if you think about it logically, when we're sleeping, right? We're not receiving any input. We're not seeing anything. We're not hearing anything. We're asleep. But God wants us to wake up. He wants us to see what is before us, whether it be prophecies that are unfolding in scripture, to hear his voice speaking to us, not to be deaf, not to be asleep, but to hear everything he wants to convey to us from his scripture and through the Holy Spirit guiding us that we can walk as Yeshua walked, as we are called to walk. So even in this, as Paul is saying, to love God, to love your neighbor, we need to wake up from our sleep. We need to be active in our faith, right? That obedience of faith that Paul always gets back to, live our lives with passion for the Father and to walk in accordance to his word, just his Torah. And also, of course, as Paul even says, making no provision for the flesh that goes back to the beginning, where that if anything we know is a cause of stumbling for us, that we don't want to have anything to do with that. And likewise, of course, this flows right into Romans 14, which we'll cover shortly, that we do not put a stumbling block in front of our brother as well, that we will seek to honor and to love our brother and to love God. Exactly. And, you know, this is how amazing is it? Like he, he says, you know, pay tax to him, tax, toll to him, toll, fear to him, fear, respect to him, respect is due. And what an amazing opportunity it actually is, even to extend this love of God that we're talking about into how we, I mean, imagine this, guys. I mean, we need to get this. This is deep because at the time when Paul's writing this, Christians were being killed for their faith by the governing authorities at Paul. Is right. And he, now here he is and he's saying, give respect to whom respect is due. Why? Because of the order, because of the order God instituted, like we discussed earlier, that word, you know, um, tuso, tasso, you know, where, where it's arranged in an orderly manner, where God arranged this, this, this order, the structure that what we call government today. And he's saying, respect to whom respect is due because of that. You know, a wife can respect her husband even if he does not always uphold and do the things of God. There is a respect that is due for husband to a wife, a wife to a husband, regardless of, of just bec- anything, just because this is your wife, this is your husband. Because of that fact, because of that order, because of that covenant, there is respect. Regardless of how even how your feelings or, or any of that, this this respect and this love and this this action has to go towards above all 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 feelings and all every all of that stuff, and demon and go into our actions and where we and this is the way that we demonstrate the love of God. This is the way that Yeshua was able to do it, regardless of where you know what he felt about or what he thought about someone in terms of, you know, whether he agrees with them or not, he always showed respect to whom respect was due. And so God calls us to do the same. Pay taxes to him, taxes due, tolls to him, tolls, respect to him, respect, just as a few examples that Paul mentions here. Right. So even in this entire chapter, as Paul is conveying this, like PD's shared, respecting your authorities, respecting those around you from husband to wife and wife to husband, respecting your brother. But in the end, it's about your heart. Like he says, the night is far gone, the day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. We are to be light bearers, you could say, of his kingdom so that in every action we do, 
we're representing our king properly and correctly so that we will honor and respect those who are above us. We will honor and respect each other, that we will bear his light and we will not walk in darkness or in evil or in sin or wickedness, anything that goes in contrary to God's law, but we will rather walk in complete obedience to the Father's law. And in so doing, when our governing authorities places commands over us, like do not murder, do not commit adultery, these things like this, we are to walk in respect and in honor and obedience to these commands because they're directly relating to God's Torah and they're found in his law. Exactly. And you know, another com- uh, instruction or a law that in the modern day that comes to mind that a lot of governments have is, for example, the thing of um, piracy, you know, or intellectual. I'm just thinking of this, you know, intellectual uh, um, property, if you will. So, you know, back then we didn't have in the time of Yeshua and, you know, all that. We, they didn't have Internet. They didn't have the dig- digital age like today. And just just an example, you know, just to I just want to communicate to you this idea of how, you know, our governments impose this law that says that, you know, if someone owns uh, rights to music, right? And this is this thing that's in the air. It's not a physical thing. And and this person says, this is my music. You're not allowed to use it without paying me or get it or listen to it without paying me. Now, that is a law, a modern day law that's been instituted. And so now we need to be obedient to that law, even though it's not in the Torah, clear cut and whatever. The governing authority instituted a law like that in my country, and therefore I will be obedient to it. And so similarly, that means that there are all these laws that have been instituted today where we that is for our good, that is for order, that is for blessing, that will that that is that is in agreement with the law of God and uh in a way. So we have to then bring all this together and and use discernment and be obedient and respect what God has instituted. All right, guys. So cool. I hope this blessed you and, and just made you think a little about this whole these verses that God talked about in terms of the governing authorities. May God bless you and keep you shine's face upon you. Lift up this countenance upon you. We are going to be discussed. This was Romans 13. We're discussing Romans 14 in the next video, and we'll see you guys in the next video. Shalom. Blessings and shalom.